0: Welcome to Tim Stodd's FM, where each week we discuss new ideas and tactics to help you succeed in business, relationships, and life. And now your host, Tim Stoddard. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddard. Welcome to the Tim Stodd's podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. My guest this week is Ramit Sethi. Ramit is a New York Times best-selling author, a brilliant finance thought leader, and an entrepreneur. Ramit is the founder of IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com, and through his writing, he has grown a passionate following of over 400,000 email subscribers and has established himself as one of the most successful online business leaders of the last 10 years. Ramit has had a huge personal influence on me, as his work has helped me become a better writer and has also helped me understand how to automate money in my businesses and my personal life. His philosophy on money is built around ideologies of abundance and against saving money by depriving yourself of what makes you happy, such as $3 lattes or taking vacations. Essentially, Ramit teaches us how we can all live our rich lives. As always, Ramit brought it with so much wisdom and insight on good writing, on how to go after big wins in your life, and taught me a lot about developing high-dollar products. I really loved this conversation. It was a privilege to speak to him. Just saying again, he's had a huge personal influence on me, and it was was a real privilege. So a quick side note before we get started— this episode was originally recorded and published on the Blogger podcast. So please help me welcome this week's guest, Ramit Sethi. Hey, Ramit. Thank you so much for joining me on, on the Blogger podcast. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so you, uh, you really are a man that, that doesn't need too much introduction. Over the last 10 years, you've grown... A really sustainable audience, and you've you've provided a ton of value to people, myself included. But before we started recording, I was just talking a little bit about how much your work has affected me and, and, and my life, and I'm sure I can say the same uh, for many other people. But for the people who aren't familiar with your work and aren't familiar with the "I Will Teach You to Be Rich," I'd like to please just open up with a. Uh, Giving you some time to introduce yourself and, and, and talk about some of the, the messaging that you've brought and, and given to us over the years.
1: Sure. So, my name is Ramit Sethi. I'm the CEO of I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And I know this site sounds like a total scam. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I've been writing this site since 2004 when I was a student at Stanford. And I believe that most people want to live a rich life. And I believe that most of us have gotten advice that just doesn't quite fit in with the way we want to live that rich life today. And most of the advice out there that we've heard when it comes to money is, you know, cut back on lattes. And the fact of the matter is cutting back on $3 lattes is not going to change your life in any sustainable way. Uh, Most of the money advice is basically by somebody who's probably 30 to 40 years older than us, doesn't really look like us, and wagging their finger at us, telling us all the things we can't do with our money. I didn't want to live like that. I wanted to spend. I wanted to buy a round of drinks for my friends. I wanted to use psychology to automate my money. And then I wanted to get on with my life. I don't want to sit there and run Excel simulations every day. So I started writing about money. But a rich life is really more than just your Roth IRA. And since then, we have expanded into business. So we've helped tens of thousands of people start businesses. We've expanded into careers. I can show you how to get a ten dollars or $25,000 salary increase. And we've expanded into psychology as well. All of this at IWT.com.
0: I love that you started off with your concept of buy all the lattes you want, because I repeat that to myself pretty often when I'm going out to a coffee shop and I'm I'm uh, just sitting down doing some work and relaxing and enjoying myself. And then you look at your bank account and you see all those little tiny transactions when if you add it up, it just doesn't mean a whole lot in the, in the grand scheme of things. However, um, I've always been curious and I'm, I'm really excited to ask you about the origin story of this because this, this whole concept of, of living a rich life and as you say, focusing on the big wins. Was that something that you just sort of developed over time as you started writing about it? Or did you have somebody that influenced you to really come up with that methodology? The concept of big wins is that if you
1: get the five or 10 big wins right in life, you never have to worry about $3 lattes or $7 appetizers. Yeah, And there are five or 10 really big wins in life. Some of them are financial. Right, you want to invest automatically as early as you can. Uh, you want to have a great job and make sure you're paid what you're worth. Or you could go and start a business. But there are also other ones that are non-financial. If you get married, you want to marry the right person. That's one of the most important decisions you can make in your life. And if you get that right, then you know your decision about whether to paint the drywall. I don't know. I don't know anything about renovation, but. Getting that decision right is so important, and anyone who's married, certainly anyone who has kids, knows that. What I discovered was early on that most of the advice in the world is focused on minutia. It's focused on things like, uh, should I have 20 grams of protein after 11 p.m., but make sure that you're only having one gram per pound, when in reality, what most people need to do is track their food a little more closely. And exercise regularly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Same thing with fitness. Same thing with business. Most of the advice you see out there is, uh, you know, here's what you need to do in terms of 2,500 characters per page, and the sub headline should never say this word. When in reality, you need to write like you talk, and you need to write ten times more than you're writing. That's how you become a great copywriter. Okay, and I the the origin of this is that. I don't want to have to wake up and look at the prices of a bag of salad if I go to buy it in the grocery store. It drives me insane. And I know this because when, you know, both my parents are immigrants and we have four kids in my family, so my mom stayed home and she would take us to the grocery store and we would never order or we would never buy a bag of pre-cut vegetables. No way! What a waste of money. Of course we're going to chop it ourselves. So I learned that sense of frugality. But over time, I realized I don't want to have to worry about $2 here or there. I want to focus on bigger, more important things. And if I get those right, then the details, the minutia, the $3 lattes will work themselves out. I frankly think it's just a much more fun way to live. And it lets you accomplish a lot more with a lot less work. Because once you get those things right, the rest works itself out.
0: I think it is too. And I'm going to transition a little bit into your actual brand because as we talked about before, the, the copyblogger audience is very interested in, in writing and content marketing. But just to touch on that a little bit more, I think anybody listening can get so much value out of that whole idea because I myself know that when you think about the bigger picture, and you don't stress the small stuff too much. It's allowed me to just live my life with a little less anxiety, like worrying about this, th- these little decisions. And most importantly, it takes away a lot of decisions in my life, which, yeah. which really helps me. Like, I can't remember the last time I looked at a gas price. It, this is the closest place for me to buy gas. Okay, great. I'm going to go fill up my tank, move on and not worry about it. So um, so I, I love it. That concept is, has done a lot for me and and again, I think a lot of people will get value from that.
1: Thank you. I just want to point one thing out. I think what you just said is so important. The gas example. We all have an example like that in our lives yeah. where it's a tiny number and yet it has a disproportionate impact on how we feel. We feel guilty or nervous or just dumb. Like why? Why did I overspend on that? And the fact of the matter is that too many people focus on $3 questions when they really should be asking $30,000 questions. A $3 question is about coffee or gas. Mm -hmm. A $30,000 question is, have I set up my investments automatically? Do I have a great business and I'm focusing on creating amazing products for amazing customers and I have my KPIs down pat, right? Those are $30,000 questions. Is my relationship solid? That's, you can't even quantify that. But if we focus on those $30,000 questions, it is so much more powerful than getting mired in the weeds, mired in the details of these $3 questions.
0: Absolutely, I love it. So so moving to a little bit more of your website and and the work that you've done over the long term, Copyblogger is into content marketing and you're very well known for your, your commitment to good writing, to long form emails. I've heard you describe your emails as flowery, and I think that's a really good word to describe them. Um, Your landing pages, I've I've watched some debates you have on Twitter with real short, to the point landing pages are better for conversion, and, and your mindset is like, no, let's get it all out there. Let's have super, super long, detailed landing pages. So my question here is, has long form copywriting always been part of your personal strategy? Or again, was this something that you, you developed this technique over time? Well, I do,
1: thank you for saying that. And I do love to write. So mm-hmm. I think I if do. you love to write, yeah, then, then you're listening to this podcast yeah. and you're reading I Will Teach You to Be Rich, you're reading Copy Blogger, you're reading long form copy. Now, that doesn't mean all copy has to be long form. If I'm texting my wife, I'm not sending her 30 headlines and a subhead and, you know, a CTA at the end. It's like, if you'd like to meet me for dinner, go ahead and click this button. I'm not going to do that. Okay, that would be insane. Actually, maybe I'll try that now that I think about it. See see if the conversion rate is higher. Uh, I, I will say that I built my entire brand on making my free material better than anyone else's paid stuff. And I believe that that is a powerful way to think about how good every part of your brand has to be every part. So I give away 98% of my material for free and I want that free material to be better than other people's premium courses. Because if we accomplish that, then people are like, Oh my God, they're giving this away for free. I wonder what's in their premium programs. And I have to say that our premium programs are not cheap. Our our flagship program is 2000 bucks. We have programs from a few hundred bucks to ten or fifteen thousand dollars. You don't get somebody to trip and fall and swipe their credit card for ten thousand dollars. It's never going to happen. And this is the crux of your content marketing strategy: is if you are creating premium material for premium customers, then you need to understand that your customers are really smart. They're not stupid. They're not going to trip and fall and charge their credit card. And they're not going to be sort of dazzled by these crazy claims. Now, I'm gonna give you an example. We had a program called Earn 1K. Years ago, we developed it. We showed people how to do freelancing, how to start earning money on the side. Now, in our testing, we discovered that we could help people earn $10,000 and even tens of thousands of dollars. Because once you figure out how to freelance, you know, if you're charging especially 100 bucks an hour or 250 an hour, then that number scales up fairly quickly. But when we wrote that copy, earned $10,000 on the side, tens of thousands, people stopped to believing it. This was early on, this was r- around 2010. So we actually had to take that promise and under That's why we called the program Earn 1K. Mm-hmm. Because for our prospects at the time, who primarily had nine to five jobs, they <laughs> found it unbelievable that they could earn. $20,000 on the side. So, what we did was, he said, Fine, earn 1K. And we dialed in our copy. We under promised. But once they got in, they started to generate tens, 20, $30,000. And then we took those testimonials and those stories and we used them to continue fueling the marketing. The key there is people are not stupid. You need to uh, make them a promise that is fair and reasonable, even if you are under which is better than saying we'll make you a million dollars tomorrow. The only people who are going to join that are people who are looking for a quick fix or a silver bullet and they're going to be the first to refund. So again, if you're building a premium business for premium customers, you got to know your customers are smart, your prospects are smart, and you have to treat them with respect in your copy.
0: I love how you said that and you mentioned it a couple of times, so I, I I can tell that this is something that you thought about, but how you say your customers aren't stupid. I fear sometimes um, that in the internet, especially with social media content, which I don't have social media, so I, I can't relate to that as much. But I, I fear that when we sell products or we give out information, we try to make it as like bite-sized as possible because there's this mentality that attention spans are really short, and you know you only yeah have that's a lie. It's a lie, yeah, and it's I'm, a I'm, lie. I've never ever not gotten value out of spending a day, two days, three days, sometimes a couple weeks out of writing something that I feel really, really, really good about. So if you could just like yeah. go into a little bit more detail about that, I think people would appreciate it so much.
1: I love, love this because um, people are smart. Everybody needs to stop repeating these old chestnuts of there's no attention span. There's a famous story about a long form sales page. And somebody from outside the direct response industry looked at it and said, who would ever read 50 pages of sales copy? And the copywriter laughed and said, only the
0: buyers.
1: (laughs) And that is really important because for every one of us has something in our lives that we would read 50, 60, or frankly, unlimited pages about. And it could be you're balding. It could be you've got a six-month-old who just won't stop crying or go to sleep. It could be you're renovating your house and you just discovered you forgot to factor in this thing and now you're going to spend $80,000 more on your bathroom. We need to understand that people who have a problem are looking for great solutions. And they're also looking for someone who just frankly understands it. This premium thing is another uh, lens to view the world through that is really important. I had a friend, not a friend, an acquaintance. This is, becomes important in a second. He emailed me and said, hey, I created this course and nobody's buying it. It's a $2,000 course. I took a look at it. And if you're an experienced copywriter, you can easily see when someone knows what they're talking about versus someone who's just playing copy. And I wrote him back and said, when was the last time you bought a $2,000 program? And he writes back immediately. He says, never. Expecting other people to buy a $2,000 program from him. But he has never gone through the emotional journey of buying it himself. He's never scrolled to the end of a page. He's never said, is this gonna work or is this just hot air? He's never said, are they gonna try to scam me out of my refund? No. He just thought to himself, I got some stuff. I'm gonna put it out there on a sales page. I'll copy the same style of writing as everybody else and then they'll buy it from me. How many people listening here deep down are kind of like, Oh yeah, I've done that maybe a lot because if you haven't ever gone through that purchase process, then you have no idea what it's like. This is what I mean by respecting your prospects. People, uh, they want to sell something at $2,000. If they've never done it themselves, why should anyone else pay them? And this is the critical thing about a premium customer base and premium products. So I buy a lot of different programs and books. I buy books by people who make less than I do. I go to courses, everything from the Disney Institute to hiring a personal trainer. If you're in self-development and you want people to buy from you, it's really important that you truly immerse yourself in it because again, your customers are smart and they can see someone who knows what they're talking about versus someone who's just writing copy.
0: I'm really glad that you ended on that line because I wanted to go back into that a little bit more. You mentioned your friend, he went through the process of writing copy. And I think it's safe to say that if you study it hard enough, copywriting can be a little formulaic, right? There's acronyms and there's sequences and stuff that we can all follow, which we can consider the science of copy. Um, I know it's just kind of semantical, but let's call that the science. But then there's the other side of it where when I read your stuff and when I've read Brian Clark's stuff from Blogger and the people that I follow, I feel personally like it's them that are writing mm. for me and they're telling me a story and I, and I can relate to them. And I, I think you've done a great job and, and other people as well, but maybe for people that are just getting started, this is such a good lesson. And it's something that really comes from experience with how do you follow a good formula of copy and at the same time add your your own personal stories, your own emotion. Um, it sounds like you're telling me the best way to do that is to immerse yourself in it and, and put yourself in your your potential customer's shoes. But how do you navigate that how do you figure out how much of yourself to share and how much of it is is formulaic
1: well it's a great question because there is an art and a science to copywriting yeah, it I really know. is and you can kind of see this i think a good example is haircuts so if you go to a supercuts or a 15 dollar haircut you know you walk in it's whoever is there that day and they sit down and the first question they ask you is what what do they ask you?
0: What do you want? What are you looking for? What do
1: you want? Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. What do you want? So you got to say, you know, and, and especially most guys, they don't know what the hell. I have no uh, clue. Yeah. A little shorter. How short? I don't know. Just like a little. Don't go too close. Right. So, so you start the process over every time. Compare that to a high-end salon or a stylist where you go in there and what's the first thing they say?
0: I I can totally see your point. They look at you and they tell you what they think you need. That's exactly right.
1: That is exactly right. And that is a profound difference. Wow! So a $15 haircut is going to ask you a hundred dollar haircut or however much it is, you are going there. So they will tell you what to do. And the best part is you actually love them for it. You go there specifically because you want them to share their expertise and advice. That's the art part of copy. Now, of course, you need to be trained. And it doesn't matter if you're 15 bucks or 10 times that. You need to have some basic training. Probably at the higher end, you have more training. But what you discover is at a certain price point, whether it be copy, haircuts, restaurants, everybody can cook an egg. Everybody can cut a strand of hair. But it becomes really the differentiator is the art. That's in copy, the voice. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples in copy. Um, from my own copy, people reading about personal finance. It's some of the most boring copy you've ever read. Hey, everybody, it's really important to set a budget and also make sure you're investing early cause compound interest. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to jump out a window just listening to this. That's my own voice. But what if you actually have a different point of view on money. I did because I was young. I was in college and I was like, I don't want to sit and count the grains of rice that I'm eating so that 600 years from now I can have 10 grand in the bank. No, I don't want to live like that. That's how I would talk to my friends. And that is exactly what I would write on the page. Now the people listening, you might not have a voice like mine. You know, you do not wanna try to copy someone else who has a different voice. But one of the best things you can do is to think about your voice in its most natural state. My guess for a lot of people is when you're out with your friends, whether it's at a bar or a house party, and somebody's saying something like, yeah, that drives me crazy. And then you go into a rant or your perspective on something. And it could be, that drives me crazy too, because blank, blank, blank. Or it could be, well, you know what? I can see why you think that. But there's also something else to consider, a more compassionate perspective. Whatever your voice is, try to record it and then try to put that into copy. One way people can watch this, if you actually want to watch me do it, I did this YouTube video. It's called How to Write Emails That Get Opened with Ramit Seti. And I showed people right there, live, I wrote an email that went out to hundreds of thousands of people. And I showed people how to weave in a story and how to really make it capture people's hearts and minds. If you can do that, then you've become, you've mastered the art and science of copy. And that's when it becomes very powerful.
0: That is such an amazing example with with getting the haircut. It's it's so much easier to visualize, but I, I suppose my next question is, how do you get to the point how do you build yourself as an authoritative figure to where they come to you and they look at you as an expert? Do you do that by giving away free content?
1: Um, Free content matters. Yes, I've done that. Exactly. In the early days. Yes. But if you just give away free content forever, that's not necessarily going to turn you into an authority. Mm. The key is that your content actually needs to change people's behavior and change their lives. So I will give you an example from my own business. And this probably generated millions of dollars for us over the years. When I was in college, I had a small group of friends and we would practice interviewing with different companies. Okay. We were juniors and seniors. And after our interviews, roughly every week or so, we would get back together and we would compare notes. What did we get asked? What were the best answers? Oh, this one really stumped me. And I know this sounds a bit psycho to people listening, like who the hell has an interview club, but that's what we did for fun. Okay. I was a dork. So I got very good at interviewing and you can take those same principles and apply them to being a consultant or freelance pitching or any kind of sales. So we created a program years later, the same earn one K program I mentioned, and we pioneered a concept called the briefcase technique. And you can Google that briefcase technique now and actually see it. What we did was we showed people when you go into your boss's office to negotiate for a salary increase, here are the exact words you say to get a $10,000 or $20,000 salary increase. The exact words, the exact tone. Now I put that in a premium program, but eventually we're like, this thing is actually too good. We're going to use it and give it away for free. Back to that old thing I said about our free material better than anyone else's paid stuff.
0: Mm.
1: So we excerpted it, we put it in a YouTube video, we wrote a post about it, and the thing went crazy. It went everywhere, Life hacker, etc. The key is that we already knew this was working because we had proof, 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 testimonials, stories, actual numbers. Now that free material spread and so many people have used it on YouTube, Lifehacker, etc. That when they're like, "Oh my God, I got a six thousand dollar raise! What else can this guy teach me?" They come to us and they're ready. That's the critical thing. If you are writing free material, better to write something that changes people's lives. Take the time then to write top ten ways to do XYZ. Yeah. So I think that it's really important to do free material. Absolutely, I believe in that but the quality is a huge component as well.
0: So you mentioned testing a few times. You mentioned testing with the Earn 1K title, uh, with, with the title of the course, you've, even in that story, you, you came up with a few different, uh, like mini case studies, so to speak. Uh, I've watched a video of you before talking about Jay Abraham, and I know that you've read the book, Getting Everything You Can out of all that you've got. And in that book, Uh, Jay Abraham has a chapter totally dedicated to testing. He says, test Uh everything. And uh, I've heard you talk about that so much. And it's one of the things about your your marketing that I I find so fascinating because of how deliberate you are with it. Um, So I think the question that people want to know most, but please feel free to elaborate on this, it's like, what are the important things to test? <laughs> That's a Big statement, you know, I was like, Hey, yeah. but is it headlines? Is it user engagement? Is it open rates? Like where can you, how, how can we make this small and start somewhere? What should we test?
1: Well, there's a lot of similarities between those $3 lattes and many of the tests that people do. So for example, headline testing. Okay you could probably get an extra five or 10% opens if you test your headline on your, on your email subject. But, but like, is that really going to matter in the grand scheme? If you are sending out tens of millions of emails, if you're J crew or banana Republic, then yeah, that actually matters a lot. But if you are creating programs with funnels where, you know, you're not selling that often, like every day, that might not be the best use of your time. Just to give you an example, we stopped testing uh, subject lines in our emails a long time ago, Wow, a long time ago. Doesn't move the needle for us. If you actually, if your KPI is profit, how much better can you get on your open rates that's actually gonna flow back to profit? I actually think that for many businesses, not all, but for many, the answer is it's basically zero. So we don't do that anymore. And I know there's a big surprise to people because that's, that's, the, to that's the first thing everybody talks about. It's yeah. the same thing I was talking about, minutia. They want to talk about these tiny changes because they're easy, but you got to zoom out and say, does it actually matter? You can get really efficient at testing, but is it effective? Um, another thing people test a lot is headlines. I think headlines on a sales page can work in terms of testing, but it really depends on how many people you're getting to buy. So if, for example, we are selling a $10 product, which we don't do, but if we were, we would presumably be having a lot of lead gen, a lot, a lot of people looking at that. That could be worth testing. But what if you're selling a $2,000 product and the number of buyers you get is relatively low? Like it could take you months to test that, months. Is that really where you wanna spend your time? I'm not so sure. Sometimes I think you need to test things. Things like, uh, like, we do test our products, we do usability testing, we have an advisory council that we run our concepts past, we spend months agonizing on our table of contents, but it's not necessarily an A-B test. Sure. It's iterative, it's usability, it's making sure this is good. Um, we also run it past real groups of people. So we have a new program earnable, and this is one that we're showing people. A lot of the concepts I'm talking about here in extreme detail, you want to start a business, you want to learn how to do copywriting. We show you this. In fact, we actually show you me writing copy right there on the spot with students. And I'm going on tour and I'm going to help people write copy live. So if people are interested, they can go to iwt.com earn. Now, with that program, we built the table of contents. We tested it a lot. Then we actually brought people. We invited them to New York, and they paid. And we ran these concepts live with a camera crew, with students there in New York. And we improved even some of those. And then and only then is it ready to be put into a full product, which is earnable. So that is the level where I think it's worth it. I think these headline tests and things you can do them but you always got to ask yourself what's the max benefit I can get. And if the answer is a few like a few pennies here and there, maybe it's not worth spending time on.
0: Wow, so what we're talking about here isn't so much of an AB test concept where it's a complete it's a completely different way of thinking about things. What you're proposing is we're testing different ways different concepts user feedback quality on our product because if we just go above and beyond and we offer such such huge value to change people's lives then the headline doesn't matter people just yes. know that it's it's yes. the best thing that
1: you could do exactly so i have a have, so we wrote a sales page for earnable i don't know how it's going to end up being i think it'll probably be 70 to 80 pages long right we wrote that and The headlines there were not A, B tested. They're just awesome. (laughs) How do we know that? Because we've been writing copy for 15 years. We know what's good. People are not only coming to you for some A, B lowest common denominator test. They're coming to you for taste. They're coming to you because they wanna know what you have to say. So if you're delegating your voice to an A, B testing program, then what are they gonna expect? You're gonna end up sounding like everybody else. Yeah. People come to, I will teach you to be rich because they want the voice. They want a perspective, whether it be on gaining muscle, losing weight, uh, starting a business like with earnable or their personal finances. That's what they're coming for. And I'm going to give you one other example. My approach also changes over time uh, in bigger ways than AB tests. So years ago, I used to be not a big fan of social media for businesses. It just, a lot of people were wasting time going on Twitter and Instagram, in my opinion. And we still just saw massive results on email. Okay. Eventually I started an Instagram account and my Instagram photos were horrible. Like I didn't know what to do. I didn't post on the feed for four months at a time. Like it was just awful. But then I went to Japan. And I started getting really into Instagram stories because I was just in this amazing place. And I was really loving the storytelling. So my Instagram story started to take off. One day, like eight, nine months later, I posted a link to one of our programs. Just, I didn't even know, but I just randomly posted it. And we sold over $10,000 in one day. Wow. And I was like, "Wait, wait, what? People actually buy stuff on Instagram? So this kind of blew my mind. I had no idea but if you think about just trying new things and sniffing around to see what's working, boy, I, I sniffed and I leaned in really fast. I was like, this is interesting. So we turned Instagram into an entire channel for us. And it is totally different than my view used to be. I consider that more valuable than a tiny A-B test because now, in fact, in Earnable, we put how we generated $23,000 in one day and we show the actual campaign that we used in Instagram. That's the kind of thing you can only find in one of our programs. But to get there, we had to be able and willing to step back and say, man, I gotta test my assumptions about social media itself. That to me is a test that's worth doing.
0: Yeah, I, um, it's even just listening to this and listening to the examples, it's expanding my mind more as well. The, the idea just to repeat once again, don't focus on the minutiae. What are the big wins? Yeah, you had a big win with Instagram. And so you thought to yourself, let's see what kind of results that are the $30,000 questions yes. you yes. said before. I love that. Um, okay, I want to transition again slightly because you mentioned earnable. Um, you mentioned lo- people looking to change different Aspects of their life, whether it be fitness or negotiating for a raise, and I think it's safe to say that you've um, built a brand around you know finance and money, but you've also had uh, b- products around networking and copywriting and and mental mastery, and of course um, this new one, Earnable. So I've always been so curious with your ability to. Expand into different industries of of development. Was that something that you just decided to do, or was that something that happened over time?
1: Definitely over time. And uh, you know, now we have over twenty different programs.
0: Yeah, it's amazing.
1: Uh, So, yeah, but that was just—it's not overnight. You know, I started off. My first program I ever created was an ebook, which I sold for four dollars and ninety-five cents, and I was petrified to sell it because I thought people would call me a sellout. And and in fact they did, they were like, Oh, I will teach Ramit to be rich. But, but what I didn't anticipate was that there would be a quiet group of people who bought it, loved it. And that your buyers will almost always be your highest quality audience members, just because the people who buy are willing to put time and money into self-development. So, um, I, I will say that, this was a slow, gradual process. And you have to also remember that going to different price points and different modalities means you have to learn new skills along the way. For example, an ebook is going to sell differently than a $100 ebook plus video. And that is going to be really different than a $1,000 product or a $2,000 product or certainly a $5,000 coaching or event program. Super different. Each one of those requires a different sales strategy. Um, I, I will say that uh, truthfully, I think very few people can scale to multiple areas. And I actually mm. think that's a good thing. I don't think you should necessarily always be trying to grow to a different domain. In fact, we outgrew in some ways and we, it was a mistake. I'll give you an example. We, uh, at one point we created a food program. And a fitness program. Now, what the hell does that have to do with creating a business? Now, to us at the time, we were like, yes, it's all part of a rich life. So, a rich life is broad enough that we can talk about a lot of things. That keeps me excited. But from a customer perspective, if you're coming to learn about copywriting or starting a business via Earnable, and suddenly we're talking about how to make eggs, it can be very confusing. So, we actually pulled those programs off. We realized, we were humbled. We realized those require selling in such different ways that we're not equipped to do it. And so we pulled those programs off. I think most people should focus, stay in the domain where you're winning, and slowly, incrementally expand. It could be adding a a higher end program, some personalization, could be adding just like a fun meetup once a month, whatever. But I think if it's working, you should really try to understand why it's working and go deeper there. It, the reason that I expanded was, I don't get off, it doesn't excite me to only talk about money every mm-hmm. day. I, I just, I don't want to live my life only talking about that. I said what I wanted to say in my book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich. I released it in 09, I rewrote it and re-released it in 2019. If you have a question about money, get the book. Your questions will be answered. Bye. I think there's so much more to a rich life than money. There's starting a business, growing a business, there's finding a dream job and then mental mastery. So I love that stuff, but I would just caution people, uh, don't try to do it too quickly. We made that mistake and it, it, it was crippling. So focus on the things that are working and try to do a little bit more of those.
0: I really appreciate you sharing that insight. I think one of the things that I struggled with when I first started my online business, and from talking to people, uh, I get a couple of inquiries a day with people just asking questions as <laughs> I'm sure you do as well, uh, but it's so difficult to know where to start because yeah. of of what you said. People have interests in in a lot of different things, and I think people feel like they can provide value in a lot of different areas. but one of the things that we have one of the concepts that we've really dialed down on is this minimum viable audience. In a lot of ways, it makes sense to try to speak to less people who are a lot more in line with what it is that you are actually trying to promote or provide to them. So, so yeah, what a learning experience to try to develop some of those other products that you know are in the broad range of living a rich life, but at the same time, maybe out of scope of what people thought yeah. that you were um, known for or what you could, you could best provide to them.
1: Exactly. It's tricky you, to know how uh, wide and deep to go. That's really that artistic part of your business. Yes. Uh, a few examples from my business. Um, so if you buy, I will teach you to be rich. Odds are you probably have a pretty good job you probably have a little bit in your checking account or savings account. You're probably not in $80,000 of credit card debt. The people who are in that much credit card debt, they have very different needs and they tend to go to different authors on money because there frankly are better people out there to talk about severe credit card debt than me. But if you want to know how to manage your money and how to blend money and psychology, if you want to know how to automate If you want to know how to invest your money so you spend less than an hour a month, there's no better book than I Will Teach You to Be Rich. That's why it was reviewed in the New York Times, et cetera, et cetera. So you got to know who you're going after. That's an example of how deep you want to go on your market. Now, wide, how wide you want to go, that's the whole different story. Mm. If you want to know about business and money, yes, you should come to IWillTeachYouToBeRich.com slash earn. If you want to know about um, business and like inspiration or business and uh, you know, sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya, don't come to "I will teach you to be rich." It's not, you're not going to get it. You can mm-hmm. hear it in my voice. You're not going to get that. There are other people out there who are way better at uh, affirmations and inspiration. But if you want to know how to run an actual sales call and listen in, or you want to know how to grow the business, to a $500,000, a million, and beyond, then it makes perfect sense to go to Earth.
0: So I've read your book; I've read it twice. Um, anybody listening to this, it completely changed the way I think about money. It relieved a lot of the anxieties I had about money because, um, just to summarize, one of the ideas is if you automate everything, you know how much money you have every month or every week, and then I can just live my life and spend my money without feeling guilty. So. You, you mentioned the book a couple of times, and I guess just to give <laughs> you a little bit of promotion, um, absolutely, if, if that is something that you want to learn about, buy that book. However, we mentioned a couple of times in this podcast, and I'm, I'm curious to learn more because I've never seen it on your website, but we mentioned Earnable. We mentioned this new course. Is this something that is already live for people to see and, and sign up for? Is, is this a new product for you?
1: This is a brand new product. It's a brand new flagship program we're creating. And, wow. um, and and I'll tell you something we learned along the way. So we created several business programs. I think we have uh, maybe five to eight different business programs, maybe more. We have one on copywriting called Call to Action and all That's these okay. other ones. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was great. Awesome. Oh, <laughs> thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Sure. And in fact, I, I love copy so much that we created two other ones where we Actually, followed along as I wrote sales page copy and as I wrote copy for sales emails. It's very voyeuristic. Like you can watch through someone's, uh, I guess, over their shoulder. Now, I was going to say through their window, but that's weird. You can watch over my shoulder as I actually write the copy that generated hundreds of thousands of dollars. So we had a lot of fun with that. But we learned that it's a little lonely sitting behind your computer and watching videos. And we learned that people want new information, not just what they recorded in a video seven years ago, but what's new, what's current. Like the Instagram stuff that we're doing now, how are we doing it? So we kind of reconceptualized the idea of a program from the ground up. And that was, yes, we're going to, from the ground up, record new ways of thinking about finding a profitable idea, testing it. Doing it rapidly, we used to show people how it would take months and months of testing. We now figured out ways to compress that down. Very, very short to get your first paying client, sometimes in a matter of days. And then we wanted to be comprehensive. We wanted to show people, hey, if you want to learn about sales, we'll show you our actual sales email funnels. We'll show you our sales call recordings. We'll show you what I DM people on Instagram and they go and buy a $2,000 program. And the final thing we want to do was to connect people. So I'm going on tour across the country. And if it's crazy. Why did I only go on book tour for my $10 book? When people don't want to learn about starting a business from behind their computer, a lot of times they want to get in the room and be around other people and maybe have copy written right on the fly, live. So all of this is included with Earnable. That's why we rebuilt it from the ground up.
0: I love hearing about that. We've been talking internally a lot in Copyblogger about what we're how we're trying to transition. And I I never thought of it that way where you say people are lonely behind the screen. And I think that's a good way to put it because I don't I don't think it's a secret that with courses, there's not always a very high completion rate. And so we've been talking a lot about making them interactive where it's an experience. It's not necessarily a course. We're, we're not going to be presenting people with uh, like criteria. We're going yes. to enjoy this experience together. And listening to you talk about this new program, it, it sounds like the experience is just as much a, a part of the, the material.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think you absolutely nailed it. And I think we all know what it's like to be in a room where there's magic. I, yeah, I had magic when I went. That feeling. You can't get that feeling in other places, but all of us know what it's like to be in that room. I remember being on book tour. I was in DC and I have a concept called money dials. What would you love to spend your money on? And most people have never thought of this. They are constantly feeling guilty about coffee, but they've never actually been asked, what do you love to spend your money on? And what if you could quadruple the amount you spent on it? Right this is a question most have never been asked. So there I am in DC and I asked this question and this young guy raises his hand he says I love to eat out. I said awesome what would you do if you could quadruple your spending? And his answer was I would eat out four times a week. <laughs> and I said hey I get that but you're thinking so linearly. Is there any other way you might think about what you could do if you doubled quadrupled 10x your spending? And the whole room gets quiet. And he goes, I actually have a list of every Michelin-starred restaurant in D.C. I would love to go and work my way down that list. Yeah. And I said to him, who would you take with you? And he looks up and he goes, my family. Because they've never been able to afford to eat at places like that. And that is the moment where the room was pin-drop silence. And you realized there's magic in this room. You could never get that from watching a video alone in your apartment or house, kids screaming, sirens blaring. No. If you want to start a business, it makes perfect sense that you would say, you know what? I'm giving myself this gift. The gift of a new program like Earnable and the gift to go for an evening and be surrounded with other people who are ambitious like me. That's what we're going after with Earnable. That's why I'm excited to meet everybody listening to this across the country uh, after you sign up at iWt.com slash earn.
0: Wow. Even just hearing you present that and talk about that moment, I could feel like I was there. Um, <laughs> that was great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, Rami. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing um, some of your experience and and some of your lessons with the Copyblogger audience. Uh, Although we did mention it a couple of times, if anybody wants to learn more about you, uh, where can they find you and and what's the best place to interact with you personally?
1: You can sign up at iwt.com slash earn. Love to share some of the dates and events that we are releasing with this new Earnable program. I'm also on Twitter And Instagram at Ramit and if you ever watch me on video read my copy and you'll see it sounds the same it's something for everyone listening here to think about is the highest praise you can get for your copy is that it sounds like you so try to study the people you admire and you'll know when your copy is really hitting
0: I love it man thank you so much for your time I really really appreciate it to everybody listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a rating. Please follow us on iTunes. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. Ramit, one more time. Thank you so much for for all that you do and for sharing this hour with us. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you very much.